preaching this morning. I got a, I got a message this morning about, about hope uh, because hope is what we need today. Amen? And here we are, we're at a historic Christmas season right now. And as, as hard as we try, it feels like the Christmas spirit that we normally feel uh, this time of year is something that we really kind of have to muster up in ourselves to, to try and bring up and pretend like everything is all good. We have to kind of try and put on uh, a brave face uh, in, the, in the situation that we're in. Uh, we just, I just got my, my, my photos uh, from my children at school this year. And I'm happy to say that this year is the first year ever uh, where they have a smile on their face that doesn't look forced. Uh, if you've had young children, you know that the first couple of years that you have them, the faces are, are, are really kind of contorted, and they, they're trying to smile. You can tell the photographer's trying to get them to smile, but their faces are using like this, or, you know, like, they don't have a real smile on their face. This year, though, they actually have a natural smile on their face, so I'm excited about that. Uh, but that's kind of what we've been doing the last little while, you know, trying to put on a good face, trying to maintain this, this level of hope, and uh, we're doing our best to do it. Everyone is doing their best to set the mood right, you know, going the extra mile to try and make uh, this season, this year special. I've seen that on the news here, even locally, a lot of people are, you know, trying to be Clark Griswold and putting up as many Christmas lights and uh, decorations outside of their house just to try and bring that Christmas spirit out, right? There's someone actually right by our house that has done that. They have everything. They have all these Santa Clauses and all kinds of stuff up. And uh, it's funny because uh, I remember growing up thinking, you know, when I was a teenager, why are people pick up these cheesy decorations? Like, it looks so cheesy. And now that I have children, I find myself putting up cheesy decorations. It just kind of, kind of happens. This year, I have, uh, we have a giant inflatable polar bear in the front of our house with jolly old St. Nick riding it. It's this huge monstrosity of an inflatable thing in the front of our house, and the kids love it. And that's why you do it, right? That's why you do it. Uh, so back in Christmas 2018, remember those good old days? 2018, I preached about the song Silent Night because uh, two years ago in Christmas 2018 was actually the 200-year anniversary of that song. And I love that song. I really do. Uh, but this year, it's going to be a little bit hard to sing the part, all is bright, all is calm, right? That's going to be a, a difficult part of the song to sing. But this year as Christians, we have, we have something to prove. We really do. Uh, you know, the, there was a time back in the 90s, maybe early 2000s, maybe even the 80s, where people would put, Christians would put on their lawn, you know, keep Christ in Christmas. Do you remember that? You know, I think we, we have to prove that this year. We have to prove that Christ is in Christmas this year, right? And uh, it's not enough just to say that, because this year, just like everything else, all, Christmas has been really stripped down uh, to the very basics, and now it's going to be tested on whether or not it actually is all about Christ. You know, I actually, uh, I'm saying that I haven't seen my brother David in Montreal. I haven't seen him now for a full year. It's been a full year since I've seen my brother. And, uh, and all his family, my nieces and, my niece and nephew there as well too, and all my friends in Montreal. I haven't seen anybody outside of Peterborough in a year. And I know that's the same for all of you guys as well too. It's, it's really difficult. You know, families are not going to be getting together in, in large gatherings. At least they shouldn't be. I encourage you not to do that this year. Uh, you know, we shouldn't be. Uh, you know, many turkeys are going to have their lives spared this year, right? <laughs> many, many presents are, are not going to be given, you know, and we're being tested on whether or not it is about Christ in this season. And to top it all off, the world is very 
anxious as to how this is all going to unfold over the next coming weeks because, you know, after Christmas, uh, you know, the, the health of people is going to be tested. Uh, you know, millions of people are, the, the people are watching. The doctors are saying all this kind of a dooms and, doom and gloom thing about what's going to happen after this because people are not going to listen to the rules. So all is calm, all is bright. You know, that, that actually, you know what, maybe it is a good thing to say this year because it's a declaration, right? Maybe we need to make that declaration this year. And let me go off course this season, and let's do, uh, you know, what we've done best in 2020. Let's change the narrative a little bit, right? May I suggest that, that Christmas 2020 is not simply uh, to celebrate the birth of Christ, which is good. I have no problem doing that. Uh, but I think we actually need to elevate this year's celebration. I think we need to celebrate the hope, the actual hope found in Christ. Because if this year has taught us anything, it's that we need to absolutely cling to hope. Hope is what we have. Hope is our differentiator as Christians. And we need to cling on to it and celebrate it this year. Amen? Amen. And, you know, I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not talking about a, a, a hope that just blindly and naively expects for better things, for better circumstances, for better blessings. You know, uh, I'm not looking for, I, what I'm actually looking for is an assurance of some kind. That's what I'm looking for, an assurance an assurance, that, uh, a legitimate hope that I can place my trust in. And the most this world can actually give us, if we don't have that hope, the best that the world can give us is, is actually just optimism, which we've seen this year really doesn't cut it. Optimism doesn't cut it. Optimism chooses to see how circumstances could work out for the best. Uh, but our Savior, Jesus Christ, was not born out of optimism. He was not birthed out of optimism. No, the wise men didn't show up to Jesus because they were optimistic that, a God, that God was going to bring a king. They were wise because they knew God had a plan for mankind. They had a plan for mankind simply because of who God was. You know, biblical hope actually relies on the character of God, it relies on God's character. God's character defines goodness. Where we expect, rely, and trust on the fact, not as an optimistic expectation, but as a basis for trusting that the future will always be better than the circumstances that we find ourselves in, okay? And if we look this year as a whole, we have to trust that it can only get better, amen? It can only get better. And here's a wonderful thing you should know when you believe in Christ. The more a person gets to know God's character, the more hope they can have. The more you go into a relationship with Christ, the more you understand, the more you want to be with him, the more you want to know about him, the more hope you get. That's fantastic. The more hope that you get. You know, I, 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 I don't know about you, but right now at Christmas 2020, I want to be the person that exudes hope. I want to be the person that stands out as the person that exudes hope. Not optimism, but actual God-given hope. I don't want to be the person that exudes despair and fear. I don't want to be that person. And, you know, I, I, I got to say this, that I, I don't like talking about this kind of stuff, but, you know, I go onto Facebook and social media, and I see a lot of Christians, Christians specifically, talking about fear. They're just spreading despair, you know, they're spreading fear, despair, you know, this is going to happen, you know, the, the conspiracies, you know, and it's all stuff that is not hope. It is not the hope that's found in Christ. And that really is a shame. Why? Because the world actually lacks hope right now. The world lacks hope, and people are looking for anything that fills the void of hope. People are clamoring to fill their, their empty lives with, with stuff right now. Have you noticed that, uh, you know, during the lockdown period that we were in, that people were buying all kinds of crazy stuff just because they're looking for something to do? They're trying to fill their life with something. 
so many people, like houseplants, houseplants were sold out everywhere because people were just buying them left, right, and center. And if you're anything like me, our houseplants are dead right now, by the way, because we buy all these stuff, you don't know what to do with it. And there's a lot of people that, you know, bought musical instruments, bought all this kind of stuff, and it's all in Kijiji now. They're trying to get rid of it because they realized they didn't need it in the first place. But you know what? There's also a lot of things that, that fill the monster of despair as well, too, aren't there? There's a lot of been people that have been, been feeding their despair all kinds of stuff. You know, substance abuse has increased. Uh, you know, there's actually been a lot more overdoses here even in Peterborough than there have been deaths due to COVID, right? So that's something that's increased. The consumption of pornography, hello, has been something that's been increasing as well, too. And that's something we don't talk about a lot, but it's a, it's a trap. It's a, it's a danger that, that people are getting themselves into right now. Mental health has taken a dive as well, right? Divorce has increased. There's a lot of couples out there that have discovered in this lockdown, hey, you know what? This isn't working out for me. I'm out of here, right? That's happened a lot too. There's been a lot of morbid behaviors that have showed up. But God. But God. As my 94-year-old my grandmother would say every time, but God. But hope. Hope is found in God and in Christ alone. Do you think that the wise men when they came and visited Jesus in all their wisdom, do you, don't think that, do you think that they had the knowledge to fathom what they're actually in the presence of? Do you think that they actually had a, an idea that, you know, the little weak arms of baby Jesus hanging outside of the manger were the very same arms that were going to defeat death itself? You think about that? Come on. It's crazy. That baby wrapped up in a manger would also be the baby that would pull off the burial shroud in the tomb. Right? I don't know about you, but I think a lot of us need to take that shroud of fear off ourselves as well. The shroud of pride, the shroud of death, remove it that we buried ourselves in this year. That needs to come off, and we need to move into a new season of hope. Amen? Yeah, people need to know the season right now that Jesus came to bring hope, that he is our hope, and that our hope is absolutely alive right now. The question I genuinely am asking you this morning and what I want you to ask yourself and the question I'm asking myself even too is, is this hope in Jesus real and alive in you today? Is it alive in you? Is that hope alive in you right now? Amen? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. So the text I, I want to preach about this morning, it's not a typical uh, Christmas verse, uh, but it is a, it's a verse that has a lot of hope in it which I believe is the reason for the season this year, is hope. And I'm going to read it from, uh, from the Passion Translation. It's Psalm 42 and 5. And it says this, So then, my soul, why would you be depressed? Why would you sink into despair? Just keep hoping and waiting on God, your Savior, for no matter what. Say for not no matter what. No matter what. I will still sing with praise for living before His face is my saving grace. Amen? Yeah. This year, people have been obsessed with the idea of uh, disinformation and fake news, you know, all that stuff, which I find very interesting as a Christian because, you know what, uh, we as Christians, we're, we're literal containers of an absolute truth, right? That there's no disinformation there. We are containers of absolute truth. Despite that, though, you know, why are there so many Christians talking about, you know, the, the evils of vaccines, right, and, and how they will refuse to take any direction even from the conservative leaders that they were responsible for putting in power in the first place. Oh, a little silence there, right? You know what? We are containers of truth. 
And we can't be the ones that are always talking about things that are not the truth or that are, are gray areas. We are containers of the truth, and we need to express that truth no matter what. And that should be our focus. Amen? Amen. I also hear people talking about, uh, you know, how all our, our, our rights are being taken away as well, too. You know, while, you know, they're, 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 I, I hate to, to, to kind of think about that right now because the thing is this, is that all that talk is just wasting your breath. You're wasting your influence. You're actually wasting the influence that you have as a Christian. If that's the message that you're preaching, then, then you're actually seeking into despair and not hope. Our voices right now need to be speaking hope above anything else. Amen? We need a reality check right now. You know, I'm thinking about my brother John in Haiti right now. Pastor John Dubon Haiti. You know, he literally risks his life to go to church every Sunday to speak a message of hope. That's what he does. He literally, he absolutely risks his life. I'm not, you know, exaggerating here. He literally risks his life to go to church on Sunday. And, you know, he brings a message of hope to a, a country that's experiencing every form of violence right now. Jesus is his saving grace. And I know John well enough to know that the message of hope is what he is believing in regardless of the circumstances that surround him. Why can't we be the same? Why can't we be the same here? Just keep hoping and waiting on God your Savior. For no matter what, I will still sing with praise. How many of us actually will still sing a praise no matter what? Right? No matter what. Since when has God called us into action to spread, you know, the good news of conspiracy? To spread the good news of politics? To spread the good news of rebellion? You know, since when were we called to do that? Why would you sink into despair? Sometimes I feel like God is saying to us, you know what, guys? I gave you one job. I gave you one job. Now that was to make disciples of people. That's what I told you to do. I didn't tell you to do anything else. I said, go make disciples. That's what I said. Gave you one job. Make disciples by spreading the good news of God coming down to earth as a man. Not to spread vengeance and fear, but, but to be distributors of hope. So that we can now share that hope with others. We receive this gift. And you know what the best thing we can do with this gift now? The best thing that we can do with this gift of hope is to re-gift it. Right? Re-gift it. A lot of you guys like to re-gift gifts that you get, right? This is one gift that you can give away and you don't have to be guilty, feel guilty about it because it's a gift that is meant to re-gift. Right? It's, not, it's like that fruitcake that you keep giving to everybody. It goes around for years and years. Hope is something you can re-gift to everybody around you. It's awesome. Our hearts are not made to marinate in fear. They're not. Our hearts are made to live in His saving grace. That's what it's meant to do. Our voices exist to proclaim the glory of Jesus. And anything that is not this hope is absolutely not the message of this season. Not at all. Amen. So say what you want to say about, uh, you know, the commercialization, you know, of Christmas. And, you know, there are definitely some ex excesses there that, that take away from celebrating Jesus' birth. But you can't escape the fact that there's something very special about this time of year, isn't there? You know, even though we're celebrating it during a pandemic, Christmas gives us a hope that this coming year is going to be different. And it has nothing to do with, you know, the magic of Christmas or any other hallmark moment thing that you might see out there. It has to do with the living hope of Jesus. That's what it has to do with. And, you know, by this time next week, you know, decorations are going to start to come down. You know, we see all the lights coming down. All, you know, all the elves on the shelves will be shelved, right? But the hope Christmas brings can stay with you. 
Hope is not, thank, thank Jesus, hope is not a temporal thing. It's not a temporal thing that's only available during the season. No, because Jesus lives and because Jesus is our hope, it means that we're actually in a relationship with a living hope. We're in a relationship with a living hope, something you can have all the time. With, uh, without Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection, we would still have to find a way, obviously, to deal with our sin. We would still be apart from God. And when you accept Jesus into your heart, you get the hope that comes with being reunited with God. You get to receive the gift. Is, the gift that you actually receive is that, that the vision between you and God is gone. That's the gift that you receive. And once again, we're reunited with him. Jesus brings hopes into all areas of our lives. And he brings hope into all situations. How many believe that this morning, that he can bring hope into every single situation? He can bring hope into sickness. He can bring hope into addiction. He can bring hope into uh, mental health. He can bring hope into even COVID, for goodness sake. He can bring hope into every aspect of your life and every aspect of the world around you. Yeah, that's worth clapping about. His hope is awesome. <laughs> and there's no situation in your life right now that's too bad, you know, that you think is, is too bad in your life or too big for our living hope to take care of. In fact, it's the only thing we can cling on to with certainty. It's the only thing that we have. Living hope, though, is not possible without Jesus. Peter states, actually, that the first result of our new birth is that we're brought into a living hope through the power of God. It says this in 1 Peter 1 and 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope. The Passion Translation says an energetic hope. And some Aramaic uh, translations of, uh, of the manuscripts actually say the hope of life through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's where we get our living hope. The resurrection of Christ gives us a, a powerful hope that really actually shines in life. It shines out of us in life. It's a defining characteristic in Christianity. And I love how the, the, the Passion Translation says, the living energetic hope. I love how it says energetic, you know, because I don't care how old you are or if you struggle to stand up this morning. If you have this living hope within you, it's going to energize you. It's going to energize you. You'll be able to speak not only into your situation, but speak hope and encouragement to others that are around you as well, too. That's, of course, if you choose to receive it, right? That hope is available to you. It's up to you whether or not you want to receive it. If I could be blunt this morning, I'm a, I'm a little bit, you know, tired of the, the sickness of me. Do you know what I mean by him saying that? I'm talking about people and sometimes Christians that are, are so self-obsessed about themselves, about their situations, about their context, about their problems, about their lives, about their careers, so self-obsessed that they're unable to speak hope into other people's lives. Right? Because they've, you know what, I, I really believe it's because they've traded their hope for self-reliance. They've, they've traded the hope that's in Jesus Christ for the hope that they find in themselves, and that doesn't even make sense. It's more work. It absolutely is work. It's very difficult to do because there is no hope within us. At best, it's optimism, and that does not work. We need to speak out this living hope to show people that we're, in fact, reborn and cares of this energetic living hope. Amen? Amen. Here's the one thing that I, I can't stand about my humanity. Well, there's a lot of things I can't stand about here, but here's one thing. God has delivered me through some very difficult situations. He has. And I'm sure he's done the same. Actually, I know he's done the same for a, a lot of you here this morning as well, too. He's delivered you through a lot of them. 
And, uh, you know, I can say with boldness that he has never failed me. He really hasn't. No matter what situation I face, he's never failed me. Has it been easy? No. Has it been easy a lot of the time? But he, at the end of the, at the end of, you know, he has never failed me. He absolutely has never failed me. The only problem that I have, though, is I have to keep reminding myself every time that I face something new, every time there's a new thing that I have to face, a new struggle, I always have to remind myself, no, wait a second, God delivered me back here. He's been faithful to me back here. So if he's been faithful to me back here, why won't he be faithful to me over here? I always have to keep reminding myself of what happened and, you know, and what happened back here to remind myself that he's going to deliver me through this as well. Right? I have to keep reminding myself. We forget so easily, don't we? You know, and uh, we're faced now this week, Holly and I, we're faced with the fact that, you know, people, there's all these rumblings going on. Oh, school's going to close now for the rest of the year. And we're like, Holly and I are like, well, what are we going to do? We're both working. Uh, you know, we, we're, now we're going to have to work and, you know, teach at the same time. It's going to be a difficult situation. And uh, maybe some of you don't relate to that, but we have four children, so it's hard, right? But at the same time, he's delivered me through so much in the past. I need to just relax and be confident he's going to deliver me through whatever happens anyways, right? And that's just a simple situation. I know it's not as big as some of the things that you guys are going through, but regardless of the situation, regardless of the context, whatever you're going through, he will bring you through it, and he'll bring you through it in victory. Amen? The truth is that, that God's past faithfulness, what he has already done, should be my motivation for hope in the future. In fact, we can look forward with hope by looking backward to remember how trustworthy he has been. Amen? This is our hope for the future. It's the hope that we have this Christmas, and it's the hope that we actually have for eternity as well, too. I speak about this, but really the, the, the greatest living hope that we have is in our eternity. Amen? That we will eternally be with him, which is fantastic, which is a, another thing. But we can grab a hold of this hope and claim it over our life as well, too. You know, when everything around you is failing, you have hope. Everything around you is failing, you have hope. If you lose your job, you have hope. Amen? When you don't have enough money to make it through the month, you have hope. When your marriage is in trouble, guess what? You have hope. If your body is failing you, you also have hope. You have hope. When sin keeps knocking on your door, shut it out. You have hope. And that living hope is Jesus Christ, our Savior, born in a stable with a humble manger for a bed. That's our hope. Let me press in a a truth to you this morning, saved or not saved. People cannot live without hope. They can't. They can't live without hope. I actually find it interesting that a lot of the politicians here in Canada, whenever they come on to say something, they're always speaking about hope as well too. And hope is really a, a characteristic of God. It really is. And uh, that's something that people are speaking about right now as well, too. You can't live without hope. And we're living in a time of history right now that is proving this very point, that we can't live without it. And if you know Jesus and you're, you're not living with hope, you're missing out on one of the greatest sources of strength available to you. Amen? You can be filled with an overabundance of hope that will get you through any situation, including the year 2020. He can get you through any situation. Celebrating Jesus' birth this season reminds us of the hope that we have in our salvation and that we can be reborn into a, a life of hope. We can be born into a, a life of joy, uh, be reborn into a, a life of, of peace. You know, he was born as a helpless baby, but he was also born to overcome the world, right, and everything that's in it. 
Paul said this, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we would be in the same predicament as the rest of the world, without hope. Right? Hallelujah, you can proclaim this morning, I can cope with the hardships of life. I can cope with anything that comes my way because of the hope that I have found in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We're going to stand together uh, right now. We're going to pray uh, a prayer of hope over us. And we're going to sing one last carol uh, here to get you into the Christmas spirit, to get you into a, a mood of hope as well, too. I'm just so excited for the hope that we have in Christ. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, we just love you. We thank you for everything you've blessed us with. And I, I come before you today in need of hope. There are times when I feel helpless. There's times where I feel weak. But I pray and I declare that I want your hope. I need hope for a better future. I need hope for a better life. I need hope for love and kindness. Lord, help me to hear you saying, I am your hope over any other voice that's coming at me in my life. Give me a tangible reminder today, especially during this Christmas season, that hope is an unbreakable spiritual lifeline. God, you know the things in my heart that I struggle to find hope in, but today, Lord, today I give them to you. I hand them over to you. I trust it to you. I know that you can do more than I could ever do with it. That they can do more than I could ever imagine or request in my wildest dreams, Lord. Lord, we believe in your hope. Help me to walk in your light and live my life in a, a faith of, of a, always seeking for your hope and, and living in your hope. God, you are my hope, and I choose to trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.